Hello, I'm Roger Thompson, a retired elder in the North Alabama Conference. Our scripture passage for today is 1 Peter 1, 3-9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Let us pray. Loving God, rescue me from me. Hide me behind your cross. Give me the words to say this day that you would have us here as your people. Amen. It was a difficult time in the life of the church. We sometimes idealize the first century church as a wonderful, faith-filled time. After all, the first century church was in existence only a short time after Jesus lived. Some of those earliest Christians had known Jesus, had seen him face to face, some before, some after the resurrection. One would think that seeing Jesus face to face would have been a wonderful thing, a faith-building thing. The early church grew by leaps and bounds, too. When you read the book of Acts and see that thousands were added to the number of believers at one time, or that the Lord was adding to their number daily, it's exciting. In most of the churches I served, we got excited by far less new members in a year. Think about what it would have been like to be the church when God was adding new believers to the membership every day. It must have been a wonderful time, an exciting time. And it was. But there was more going on during that time than we may remember. In the letter of 1 Peter, Peter is writing to what he called the church scattered The Roman Empire was not a hospitable place for Christians. Have you ever heard the phrase, Nero fiddled while Rome burned? There was a fire that destroyed much of Rome. Nero blamed it on the Christians, and Christians began to be horribly persecuted. One of Nero's favorite ways to torture Christians, it said, was to cover them with tar, then light them on fire. It was a brutal, horrible time in the life of the church. And as a result of the horror in Rome, many Christians scattered throughout the empire to safer places. The letter of 1 Peter is addressed to those scattered Christians. And in it, Peter talks about hope. Now, it's one thing to talk about hope when times are good. It's quite another thing to talk about hope during difficult times. We throw the word around frequently. Someone will say to us, do you think Alabama or Auburn will have a good season this year? And we respond, I hope so. 
We hope that it won't rain today, or we hope that the peach crop is good this year. We hope to do well on our exams, and we hope we get the latest gadget or game for our birthday. It's easy to hope when times are good, when the object of our hope is not something major. It's not going to affect my life one way or another if Alabama or Auburn has a good season. I'll enjoy watching the games, but it won't make much difference in my life one way or another. If it rains today or if it doesn't, I'll go on doing what I have to do. Most of the things we say we hope for don't really make much difference in our lives. We throw the word around easily. But how do you talk about hope when times are difficult? Hope takes on a different tone when people are in dire situations, when life is tough. How do you talk about hope during difficult times? Dr. Norman Vincent Peale was a famous preacher in the 20th century, and he once told the story of meeting a man named George on the street in New York City. George looked troubled, and Dr. Peale said, What's wrong, George? George said, It's my problems. I've got nothing but problems. I'd contribute $5,000 to your favorite charity if you could help me get rid of my problems. Dr. Peel said, yesterday I went to a place where thousands of people reside. As far as I could determine, not one of them has any problems. Would you like to go there? George said, can we go right now? Dr. Peel said, we can go tomorrow to Woodlawn Cemetery. (laughs) That's the only place I know where people don't have any problems. Everybody has problems. Life can be difficult. All one has to do is read the headlines in the newspaper or listen to the evening news to know how difficult life can be. There are lots of problems and no easy solutions. How do you talk about hope during difficult times? That is exactly what Peter does here in the first letter of Peter. He writes about hope in the midst of difficult times. And it's not just any hope. He calls it a living hope. This is what he says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. A living hope. Peter was known for his writing about hope, but the hope he talks about is very different from the wishful thinking that we usually do. His hope is based in God. Let's listen in to what he says to those scattered Christians about living hope. First of all, he writes that it is God who gives us hope. Hope is not something we do, but something that God gives. Did you hear that? Hope is not something that we do, but something that God gives. It is a God thing. Only God can give hope. So Peter writes, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. It is God who gives us hope because of God's great mercy. Many times over the course of my ministry, more times than I could actually count, I provided pastoral care to folks in the midst of terrible times. I often heard them say, I don't know what I would do without God in my life. Being close to God was the source of their hope no matter what happened. 
Reverend Blair Talbert is the associate pastor at First United Methodist Church in Marietta, Georgia. Marietta First is now our home church since we moved to Marietta in 2020 to be close to our oldest daughter and her family. Blair told a wonderful story recently for the children's sermon. The topic of the day was worry, and Blair talked to the children about her own time as a child and things she sometimes worried about. She said that one day she visited her pastor in the pastor's study, and she noticed that high up on her pastor's bookshelf was a present with a big bow on top. Blair was confused about why the present had never been opened, and so she asked her about it. Her pastor lifted the wrapped gift down from the shelf and said, Someone gave me this present and told me to open it when I have my worst day ever. But I've never had to open the present because I have the love of Jesus in my life. Years later, Blair, by then a seminary graduate and herself a pastor, visited her former pastor and mentor again, and the pastor was about to retire, and Blair entered her study as she had when a child, and there was the present still sitting on the pastor's bookshelf unopened. Again, she said to Blair, I've never had to open it because I have the love of Jesus in my heart. It is God who gives us hope. God that is the source of our hope. Peter reminds us that God has given us hope in his great mercy. Second, our hope is because of the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus defines who we are as Christians. The resurrection of Jesus gives us our identity as Christians. It shapes us as the people of God. Christians are those who believe in the resurrection of Jesus. That is the one item of faith that defines us. Without the resurrection, there is no Christian faith, no Christian religion. Resurrection is what makes us Christians. And Peter says that living hope comes to us through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I used to have a little film clip that I used during the Easter season. It features a guy in a bunny suit and, an, and another guy sitting side by side on a couch in a mall. It's done by a couple of young men who call themselves the Skit Guys. The Easter Bunny is talking about Easter and how he loves the season, and he says, Easter is all about the bunny. The other guy looks at him and says, what about this whole Jesus rose from the dead thing? Isn't that what Easter is all about? And the tagline at the end of the scene is, don't let the rabbit hide the resurrection. We know that Easter is about the resurrection. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, then he would have been only a prophet whose words would have been soon forgotten. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, his disciples would have scattered to the four winds, gone back to their old lives with only a few stories to tell. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, there would be no church, no body of believers. If Christ had not been raised from the dead, there would be no hope. Our living hope is grounded in the resurrection. Third thing, hope is for this life. Hope is not just for the end of life. Peter talks of a living hope. So many folks talk about hope as something for the future, not Peter. 
He's talking about a living hope, hope that is for this life. We sometimes lose that idea when Christians talk about salvation as only about life after death. I pray that you and I can see the signs of resurrection hope in the lives of people around us. Every year after Christmas, I see and usually repost a Facebook meme about the real work of Christmas. It reads like this. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoners, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among sisters and brothers, to make music in the heart. That work can only be accomplished by a living hope. The closer we walk with God, the more hope-filled our lives become. The closer we walk with God, the more we experience the power of resurrection in our lives. New life can come to us in unexpected places. It's a living hope created by the presence in our lives of a living God. Hope is for this life. And finally, hope is for the life to come. The Apostle Paul wrote, Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Nothing in this life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not even death can separate us from God's love. That's our living hope. Whether it is in life or in death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Living hope is for this life and the life to come. Let us pray. Loving God, fill us with living hope for this day and every day. We ask in the power of the resurrected Christ. Amen.